Good morning. Wow. How about the, the, the kids' choir? And not forgetting the adult choir. That was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It gets, the, you know, these choirs get better every year, um, especially the kids' choir. Um, believe it or not, it was a lot, like, it was, someone said to me, that was pretty calm for a kids' choir. And I said, yeah, it really was lovely. Um, guys, if you could shut the doors at the back, that would be great. Um, thank you. Um, all right, um, if you're new, my name is Obed, and I'm one of the leaders here. And this is our annual Christmas service um, that we put on just before the holidays kick in. Um, in order to just bring everyone together and just celebrate um, Christmas and um, what it's all about. Um, but yeah, we got um, some content to cover this morning. And so without further ado, um, grab your Bibles. Um, if you don't have a Bible, there should be Bibles in front of you um, in the pew somewhere. And turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, which is one of the four Gospels in the New Testament. Luke chapter 2. And as we always try to um, do, may you please stand for the reading of the Scripture this morning. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through to 14 reads... In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration from Quirinius um, when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Verse 8, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with them the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this time as we explore and look at um, the birth of Jesus and all that it means for us. God, I just pray that you would give us understanding and that the, this Christmas 
um, you would show yourself to us in ways that we have not experienced before. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have a seat. In the year 2021, um, Netflix were killing it. Happy Christmas. <laughs> Netflix, doing a great job, released a reality series titled Sparking Joy with Mary Kondo. In this three-episode series, Mary Kondo, a Japanese organizing consultant, what she does is she takes her life-changing organizational skills a step further to help three businesses organize their workplaces. In the series, Marie helps a family organize a thriving organic garden center with the hope that the process will free up the time and space they need to reconnect. She also helps a cafe owner with a chaotic home office and also works with a group to tidy a church. And she achieves all of this using her Marie method. This method, what it does, right, is it encourages tidying by category, not by location. Beginning with clothes, then moving on to books, papers, miscellaneous items, and finally, sentimental items. The goal of this method is to only keep the things that spark joy in your heart. And so with each item, she recommends that you ask the following question. Does this item spark joy? If it does, you keep it. And if it doesn't spark joy, thank it for being part of your life. Drive over to Goodwill and donate it. The question I want us to wrestle with now is, what if we applied this same question to the Christmas holidays. As you look forward to the Christmas holidays, what are you looking forward to the most? What is something or someone you can't wait to see or experience that will spark joy in your heart? I am, this Christmas, <laughs> I'm looking forward to something I never ever thought I'd look forward to. And that is waking up on Christmas morning and having matching pajamas with my family. <laughs> A lot of people know me. Those things, I always used to see those photos on Instagram and I'd be like, that is so cheesy. And this, this is like this Christmas. I was like, I was saying to our family, I think, you know, Ellen or one of the kids recommended it, that we do it. And I was like, that will be a good idea. Let's order. <laughs> order those pajamas. <laughs> I wonder what you're looking forward to the most these holidays. Maybe it's quality time with family or opening a Christmas gift you wanted, 
or your favorite Christmas meal, or long slow walks and challenging hikes, or board games, or sleeping in, or your first Christmas with your baby. What are you looking forward to most this Christmas? What are you looking to that you believe and are convinced will give you joy? These experiences will bring you much happiness this Christmas. But what's also true is that the happiness we experience from the things we enjoy are fleeting. They are momentary. They will not last forever, but we know deep down that we really, really want them to. This longing for joy to be a constant companion in our lives is a common thread in our shared human journey. We all want moments that we enjoy to last forever. But if you're like me, whenever you experience something you like, you can often feel this tinge of sadness when you realize that these moments of happiness are fleeting. Like the warmth and laughter shared during a family Christmas dinner will in time become a cherished memory rather than a present reality. Or like the excitement and anticipation of Christmas morning, wearing the same pajamas, right? And opening gifts and having these surprises. All of these experiences will fade as the day progresses. We all want the joy and happiness we experience from things we enjoy to last forever, but we know that they will not. And so what if I told you that there is a kind of joy available to us that is true and lasting. A joy that will not disappear when the holidays are over, but will remain no matter what season you're in. What if I told you this kind of joy is available for you uh, and every single human being on planet Earth? This joy that I want to introduce and invite you to explore and embrace is true and lasting, and this indestructible joy is not found in an experience or an item or a season, but it is found in a person. From the nativity story, I would like to show you how Jesus can offer you an even better Christmas because it's only through a relationship with him that you will experience true and lasting joy. And so let's get back into our story. Look at verse 1. It should come up on the screen. It says, Luke chapter 2 verse 1 reads, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree 
that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And so shortly after Mary became pregnant, Caesar Augustus, who was the emperor and ruler of the Roman Empire at the time, he announces this decree for all citizens of the Roman world to get registered. And the fascinating thing about this census is that it had nothing to do with a survey of the population, but it had everything to do with making more money. All right? As frustrating as this was for the residents of the Roman world, what made this decree even more frustrating was that the only place people could actually get registered was in their hometown. Look at verse 4 and 5. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. There's a lot here to unpack, but I just want to focus on the fact that um, Joseph and Mary, all right, they were engaged and not officially married. Um, They were living in Nazareth. And so like everyone else, they packed up their bags and traveled to their hometown of Bethlehem to get registered. Look at verse 6. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. Verse 7. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Announcing the birth of a child is a joyous moment. And in our culture, this wonderful news is shared in many different ways, okay? Um, when you know, have a friend or a family member that has a baby, what do they do? They will maybe text you, right, a picture of the baby, um, or they will do a FaceTime, or they will post it on social media. In our contemporary culture, um, parents are getting really, really creative in how they announce the birth of a baby. Like, what some of them do is, and I went online and I researched this, and I said, what are some of the best and creative ways birth announcements are done, okay? And there's a few here. Um, one couple, what they did was um, they, took a, um, uh, they had a photo and a video um, of the sibling holding a sign, wearing a T-shirt, saying, big brother or big sister, Okay, Um, some parents even send out puzzles to family and friends. And when the family and friends assemble those puzzles, right, it reveals the birth announcement. Okay, and then there's a photo and birth details. Other parents get really creative. They create a custom storybook, a comic strip, or even a website to announce the birth of a child. There are a ton of ways people are announcing the birth of children. But what's interesting is that the birth of Jesus wasn't announced in any of these ways. In fact, the birth of Jesus was announced in a way no birth has ever been announced before. By angelic beings. 
a few miles from the stable where Mary has just given birth, there's a field. In this field, a group of shepherds are tending to their flock. Look at verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. It's late at night. It's been a long and exhausting day for these shepherds. And so they are super tired, and the one thing they want most is to close their eyes and drift into a deep sleep. But as they struggle to stay awake, they are suddenly awoken by the dazzling appearance of an angel. The presence of the angel is so electrifying, so overwhelming, so dazzling. It says in verse 9 that they are filled with great fear. But their fears are soon calmed by what the angel says to them. Look at verse 10. And the angel says to them, hey, 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 hold up. Relax. That's my version. Okay? Says to them, fear not. <laughs> For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. The angel tells them to fear not because he's been sent to announce to them good news of great joy that will be for all the people. What would you say this year has been the most joyous news you've heard? This year, my family and I, I would say the most joyous news we received was getting our green card, <laughs> right? It's crazy. We've, yeah, yeah, exactly. We've been in this process for years, and it's cost us thousands. Thank you, America, right? Gosh, man, I thought America and England were like, you know, friends, but a Brit trying to be here, and it's a whole process. And I remember when we got the news, <laughs> we were in the kitchen, kitchen, interesting. We were in the kitchen, and Eleanor, she just was looking at her phone, and I suddenly heard Eleanor go, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And I'm like, what? Oh my goodness. Tell me what oh my goodness you means. Oh my goodness. She's like, our green card got approved. I heard that and I don't, I can't remember how I reacted, but somehow someone videoed it. Um, and, and I just jumped up. I threw myself on the floor and I was just on the floor going, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Crazy. Unbelievable. That was, I would say this year, one of the most joyous news. What about you? What's some of the happiest news you've received this year? The news of the birth of your child. If you're a student, 
Maybe the best news you've ever received was your acceptance letter to the college of your choice. If you're a military spouse, perhaps the best news was hearing your husband or wife is on their way back from a lengthy deployment. For some of you, the most joy-filled news you've heard was the promotion you worked hard for or the surgery was successful and recovery is going according to plan. And for some of you young people, the text message from the girl saying yes to a date or the guy asking you on a date was the best news you've heard this year. What would you say is the most joyous news you've received this year? Now, take that news, combine it with all the other amazing news you've heard. This is what you need to know. No matter how good the news is, it does not even come close to the goodness of the news the angel announced to the shepherds. The joy you're supposed to feel because of this good news of great joy being announced by the angels to the shepherds should bring you more joy than the most joyous news you've ever received in your life. And so what is this good news of great joy that is better than the best news you've ever heard? Look at verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. There have been many awesome moments in human history. None of them compare with this moment in human history. First, this good news that, uh, this good news that will give you the greatest joy is all about the birth of a child. Um, in verse 11, um, this child is described by the angel as the Savior who is the Christ the Lord. In the Hebrew scriptures, God is often identified as the Savior of his people. And so for this child to be identified as a Savior means that through him, God will redeem his people. This child is also identified as Christ the Lord. The term or title Christ is taken from the Old Testament. It means anointed one. And the title anointed one was a Jewish way of saying that someone was God's king. And so during the time of this announcement, what was happening, and this is legit real history, the Jews had not had a king. For hundreds of years, they'd been waiting for the Christ. The prophets of the Old Testament talked a lot about a time when God would send a great king, the Christ, to deliver Israel from oppression and restore the glories of its golden age. And so with this in mind, 
all of this in mind, what the angel is declaring to the shepherds is that the child who has just been born in Bethlehem is actually the Christ, the Savior, the one spoken of by the prophets of old. He's the long-awaited Messiah, God's only chosen king, not only of Israel, but he's the king of the world who's anointed to rule and reign in God's world with God's authority. In other words, Jesus, the baby born in Bethlehem, was the king of the world who was anointed to rule and reign in God's world with God's authority. Put it a different way, a simpler way, Jesus is the king, the son of the living God. And if Jesus is the son of the living God, that means he's equal with God. And if he's equal with God, that must mean Jesus is God. Unlike the virgin birth of Star Wars character Anakin Skywalker, (laughs) the Gospels don't set Jesus' birth long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away. The story of Jesus' birth in the Gospels is a historical account that happened at a specific time and place right here on earth. It's not a myth or a legend. And so with all of this in mind, Jesus, the baby born like 2,000 years ago in a city of Bethlehem, was God in human flesh. Of all the things that Christianity proclaims, the virgin birth and the fact that God took on human flesh in the person of Jesus has to be one of the most staggering truths. J.I. Packer, author and Bible scholar, says this. He puts it this way. God became man, the divine son became a Jew, The Almighty appeared on earth as a helpless human baby, unable to do more than lie and stare and wriggle and make noises, needing to be fed and changed and taught to talk like any other child. The babyhood of the Son of God was a reality. The more you think about it, the more staggering it gets. Most people, all right, whether they're Atheists or agnostics or do not identify with any religion have little or no problem with the humanity of Jesus, right? Um, The fact that Jesus was a real person that lived um, um, long ago, most people don't have an issue with it. But what most people struggle with It's the fact that Jesus, the baby born like 2,000 years ago in a manger in the city of Bethlehem, was God in human flesh. 
Yet this is what the Bible teaches. It's the belief held by Christians, and it's a core doctrine of the Christian faith. Enrico Tice, who's a British author and Anglican minister, says this, when we look at Jesus, the guessing games about God stop. The God of the Bible is not someone we dreamed up. No, God has revealed himself to us. God has shown us what he's like by sending his son, Jesus Christ. So now it's your turn. What's your opinion? What do you think about all of this? In your opinion, who is Jesus? For real, like in your opinion. If this is all true, all right, if Jesus is really God, who came to earth through Mary, then what does it mean for you personally? It's a big thing to consider. <laughs> it really is. Because if Jesus is exactly who he claimed to be, then you would be making a serious mistake if you do not dedicate your life to following him. But if he's not who he claimed to be, then it makes sense to just ignore him and ignore the whole thing. It's a pretty straightforward, when you think about it, he's either God or he's not. C.S. Lewis, British author behind the Chronicles of Narnia, Everyone knows him. Um, in one of his classic works titled Mere Christianity presents this challenge. Read and listen to this carefully. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with the man who says he is a porched egg British. We're like direct, aren't we? Porched egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. So what's your opinion on Jesus? The greatest challenge for us this Christmas is not to make sure it's stress-free and restful, but to pay close attention to what was going on behind the scenes at the first Christmas. And according to Christianity, the first Christmas is when God came to earth as one of us to live in the world he created, not to primarily live in it, but to die for it. And this is precisely why the birth of Jesus is good news of great joy. 
The birth of Jesus is good news of great joy because it's when God stepped into human history to dwell with us and die for us so that forgiveness of sins and eternal life can be available for anyone, anywhere who believes. I don't know what kind of year you've had and what kind of Christmas you're expecting. You may be super excited, like I am, to wear pajamas with my family. You may be looking forward to an awesome Christmas with friends and family. Or you may be dreading the holidays and can't wait until it's over. This is the reality. This is the truth. While Christmas is known as the season to be jolly, it can be for many a source of heartache, heartbreak, grief, sadness, worry, and fear. Adele Ryan, who's an author, says this, For some, the holidays are nothing more than bar humbug. These holidays serve as reminders of what once was. There is an empty seat at the table. There is a loved one in a dangerous place. There is the nervous wait for the test result, the lost job, or the foreclosed home. For some of us, Christmas brings to mind memories we've been trying to erase. And so whatever Christmas you're expecting, the surprising truth behind the birth of Jesus offers you even a better Christmas. A few weeks ago, Christmas is coming up. My wife asked me what I wanted for Christmas. I'm at the stage of life now where I'm like, oh, I don't know what I need. I don't need anything. And, she, you know, and we're at the stage now where we kind of don't really surprise each other with gifts because I'm like, I know what I want. And most of the time, people just cannot get what they think I want. And so I'm always like, just give me some money or something. If you were to ask my kids what they wanted for Christmas, um, you know, one of them would say, I want a tetherball, you know, or games for the Nintendo Switch or digital devices. Um, but if I was to ask you what you wanted for Christmas, what you really wanted for Christmas, what would it be? What would it be? The reality is, whatever it is, whatever you really want for Christmas, even if you obtain this ultimate gift, at best it will make you feel happy or proud or significant for a while. But that will be it. The joy will be temporary. But there is hope. This Christmas, you can receive 
the deep and lasting joy that you've always wanted. True and lasting joy, the kind of joy that doesn't fade away when the Christmas lights are packed away or vanish after the last bite of your favorite holiday dish, this true and lasting joy is available for every single one of you in this room and every other human being on this planet and is available for you only in Jesus Christ. The joy in Jesus lasts beyond Christmas, offering a lasting happiness that doesn't end when the Christmas season is over. The joy Jesus offers fulfills us deeply and it surpasses the fleeting pleasure of gifts and gatherings. The joy Jesus provides is for everyone, regardless of achievements or status. It's a gift with no strings attached. The joy from Jesus is life-changing, encouraging us to grow and see life in a new, more hopeful way. The joy that Jesus offers this Christmas that will last throughout your life remains consistent even in the face of life's challenges and adversaries. And Jesus was able to provide such joy for you through his life, death, burial, and resurrection. Thelma Howard was an American maid who worked for Walt Disney. Every Christmas Eve, Walt Disney would give her a piece of paper in an envelope. Thelma didn't understand what it was. She just thought it was a Christmas card, you know, with drawings of Mickey Mouse or something. So she simply added it to a pile under her bed. After Thelma's death, her relatives found the documents and realized that the pieces of paper she received as a gift each Christmas were shares in the Disney Corporation worth $30 million. She missed out, didn't she? <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is my plea for you this morning. Don't make the same mistake as Thelma Howard made, who missed out on a fortune because she didn't look carefully enough at her Christmas gifts. Think about it this way. Jesus is God's, God's gift to us, and he, Jesus is way more unvaluable than anything else we could get this Christmas. Remember how the angel proclaimed good news of great joy. That joy is about Jesus. 
I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are, but you might be skeptical about who Jesus claims to be, and that's totally fine. Even if you're not totally sold on the idea of Jesus being who he claims to be, and you're going to leave here and say, I don't even want to think about it no more, let me encourage you to do this, these holidays. Take another look at Jesus. Explore the claims of Christianity. Take a fresh look at Jesus this Christmas because you have nothing to lose and you could have so much to gain. And who knows, you might just, in Jesus, discover the deep, lasting joy you've been longing for. Let's pray. And so, Heavenly Father, thank you for this season. Thank you for the themes of the Advent season of love, joy, peace, and hope. I pray that this year, as we explore and dive deep into who you are and what you've said, I pray that we would find you. And I pray that as we do, we would witness and experience joy that is true and lasting. In Jesus' name, amen.